Uh, this is Francisco from Cemeterian. You're listening to Misery Point Radio. Bastards, thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. Let me tell you, the fact that you're here with me right now is absolutely blowing my mind, and I really do appreciate y'all. Contrary to popular belief, I didn't disappear into the wasteland. I just had to take some time off to plan some of the epic new things I've got in store for you all over the next couple of months. Things I've been saying I was going to do for a long time now, and it looks like this is the year it's actually going to happen. So thank you very much for your patience. I promise I'll make it worth your while. That being said, let's get back to business. What do you say? Today's guest is Francisco Polito, guitarist and riff defiler for Texas-based death metal outfit Cemeterian, a band that I've only recently been introduced to, and needless to say, a band I'm already a huge fan of. You see, as much as I'm a fan of all the epic new metal that continues to come out from all over the world, I still have this massive hard-on for that old-school death metal sound, that raw brutality that brings me back to the late 80s and early 90s when I was discovering all this evil ear candy for the first time. And Cemeterian successfully bridges that gap between the old and new school with a distinctive sound and a relentless attitude. So I was more than stoked when Francisco agreed to come on the show and defile himself even further by hanging out with me and talking all things Cemeterian. He was cool enough to offer the details on the band's history, their concept, the success of their debut demo, Tomb of Morbid Stench, and all the cool shit they've got in the works right now. So I am really excited to kick off this new year with a new band and some new friends. Special shout out to bassist Charles Sepulveda for hooking this up. I appreciate you taking the time to share the music and help set this whole thing in motion. So. Put down that embalming fluid, pull your pants back up, and get ready for a modern dose of brutality. Check it out. Hey, Francisco, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool death metal pose. We need to get the visuals going on there. So, uh, you know, I'm excited, actually, to talk to you about this band. Uh, You know, I've only recently become familiar with you guys, and... uh, Everything I've heard so far, just a few songs out there and the few video clips I've seen, um, I, I, I like your sound. It's different. It kind of harkens back to the old school, has a little bit of a modern vibe to it, but I think it's standing apart for me because the sound of it is just, it's not the same as all the stuff that I feel like gets rehashed these days in the genre. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, of death metal and, and you know, really all the subgenres of metal, but there's something about your sound that I can't quite identify that makes it just that much more unique uh, kind of than, than the average band that's out there. So, uh, so yeah, props to you guys for, for doing something a little different these days. Oh, no, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, I've been in into the death metal since kind of the beginning, you know, death metal days. So uh, never really did anything band wise with death metal so that's kind of where we we kind of lie just in the uh, late 80s kind of early 90s you know u.s mexico you know all the pretty much worldwide death metal stuff that i was into you know the demo days and you know real early days of uh, of death metal you know so uh i think i mean 
when we recorded those three tracks, it was kind of like, or actually it was four. Uh, we were just doing it just to kind of have something for us to listen to. Matt, the drummer, he's in another project with me called Thy Feeble Savior, which is more more black metal oriented. Right. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that that I I came across that as well as I was doing my homework, and I was like, okay, cool. There's some black metal roots with the two of you, and then you just wanted to take another project to a different level. Yeah, we were actually we were like practicing. Well, I say practice because we don't really practice with a feeble saber. We kind of get together and kind of record, and that's it. But he's like, "Hey, let's let's try some death metal stuff." He says, "Can you write something?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." So I I came up with a couple songs, you know, and then we got and kind of built from there. Just early on, I was just because I love like the old Mexican death metal scene, like Cenotaph and Shub Niggurath and stuff like that. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's try to." Let's try to kind of go back to, to writing stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of, we're not doing anything uh, really original, but I try to write stuff that, you know, is influenced by all those older bands, but uh, still kind of not not be a, uh, you know, blatant ripoff. Because you see a lot of bands where, I hear a lot of bands with like, oh, okay, that band sounds exactly like so-and-so. And that's it. And everybody that mentions a certain band, they only mention that one band that they sound like. So I, I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to, like, somebody says, hey, you guys remind me of so-and-so, and somebody else says, hey, you remind me of a totally different band. That's kind of what I like. You know, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be pinpointed to, hey, you know, they're a, they're a Bother or a clone or something. You know what I mean? So uh, we, 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 just, we just play. I just write stuff that kind of I want to hear. You know, that takes me back to whenever, like I said, I was 14, 15 years old, first getting into this, you know, 30 something years ago or whatever. So, yeah, you know. it's hard, man, because, you know, it, it, with so many bands out there and so much time has gone by at some point, everything is derivative of something else to a point. It's really hard to, to be original, but it's funny that you mentioned, that, you know, people will have kind of their interpretation of what they think you sound like. And it's almost never what you think you sound like. You know, yeah, I absolutely. run into that all the time. You know, I was talking to, uh, to Charles, um, and I, and I kind of mentioned that, wow, you know, the, the first thing that popped into my mind was it reminded me of some of the old, um, Swedish stuff from, right. uh, you know, the, the early nineties and stuff, you know, grave and dismember, uh, right. that was the vibe that I got. And, uh, he was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's that, I don't think I've heard that before. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it's just funny how, you know, people just get reminded. And I think it's because of, you know, what you're familiar with. Like if you're influenced by a certain band, but the people that hear it right. don't know of those bands as well, they can only refer it to what they're familiar with. Right. Yeah, exactly. 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 And yeah. Uh, I think a lot of that like Swedish thing. I, I like when I recorded my guitars, I didn't use like any pedals or anything like that. Cause there's this whole, you know, in tune kind of sound, and, which was totally unintentional. I just plugged into my Marshall and just kind of turned it up all the way. And, and that's, that's what it turned out. That's how it turned out. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I kind of almost cringe at the, when say, hey, you know, it's a, it's kind of that tone. I'm like, ah, that's not what I was going for, right? But, you know, I guess when you turn something up eventually, or turn it up as loud as it'll go, it, it kind of ends up having a, a, a that sound kind of. But uh, on, the, on the new stuff, I made kind of a concerted effort to maybe not have that type of tone, you know, just, you know, just for personal preference. 
Sure. Well, you know, keep in mind, there's other factors involved too. For instance, you know, if it's mic'd and, and who's recording it, you know, what, what right. ultimately how it's getting EQ'd and, and stuff like that. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dig into that for a minute then. And so you guys, uh, you kind of came out swinging. I mean, you, you really hadn't been a band for that long. And then all of a sudden you're like, fuck it, we're going to make this demo. Right. Which I also like the fact that you said you're making a demo because nobody really uses that word anymore. Everybody's like, I'm just making an EP, you know, I'm doing a fucking demo and you're, you're, you're like, you're doing a true garage days kind of a style, right. Where you've got, yeah, you guys recorded this it more or less in your rehearsal space. You had a buddy come over, right. And he kind of recorded it for you and you, right. you did it in a couple of stages, but really it's as real of a recording as you're going to get these days. Um, so I just, I thought that was, that was really cool. How, how was that process recording this for you guys? Uh, well, uh, our friend Brandon, he has like a mobile kind of tracking studio. He's, um, he, he's, he actually recorded the, uh, going back to the people saver, he recorded our album for us in the same room, you know, cause you know, and, and going back to, you, you mentioned demos, like, like I said, growing up, I, uh, every band started off with a demo and then they, you know, maybe had a seven inch come out and then had an album. So that's, that's kind of, that's what I know. That's all I know. It's like, you know, we can't start off and have an album already. Right. We got to kind of work our way up to, to, you know, even now being, you know, almost 46 years old, uh, I just, uh, first thing I want to do is put out a demo and kind of see where it goes. I don't want to just, okay, here's our album or whatever, but anyhow, um, so in our practice room, uh, our friend Brandon, uh, he helped us out a lot. He uh, he just shows up. Like I said, he has that mobile tracking studio, and uh, he uh, just we did everything in there uh, except the vocals. Uh, we didn't do the vocals; those were tracked at his house. Um, but we just set up one day. He mic'd everything up, and we kind of knocked out all the. I think the drums and the instruments were pretty much done that day, just in one day. Uh, uh, it was just four tracks, like I said, but, uh, you know, I kind of had to, I, did, I guess I did two tracks, two guitar tracks, and then a bass track in that day, and Matt did all his drum tracks. But uh, um, so it, it, went, it went okay. I mean, we, like I said, it wasn't, when we started, we didn't have any, all we wanted to do was put out a demo and kind of, and that was it. There was not, no no intention of, hey, I'm going to, you know, I don't know if kids know anymore about, hey, I'm going to put a demo out and shop it to labels or send it to people. You know what I mean? You know, so I, I, didn't, have, I didn't even have that in, in, in mind. We were just like, hey, let's record something because we like the style of music. And, and that's what we ended up doing. But uh, and then Daniel, which to me, I think that's kind of what separates us a lot was Daniel's vocals from a lot of bands. Cause we've gotten, we've gotten a lot of like, you know, feedback on, wow, these vocals, you know, they sound like nothing else. And yeah. And Daniel, Daniel's same age as I, as I am. We kind of grew up on the same stuff, but uh, he, um, he used to sing in, in another band with Matt called Blasphemian. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but uh, another death metal band. Uh, but anyhow, he, uh, he ended up doing the vocals and then we had our friend Carlos, uh it just he did all like the dives and the guitar dives and leads and noises and stuff like that for us so uh it, it was went, your rick Roz. yeah yeah pretty much pretty much so 
Yeah, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, when Matt and I talked to him about, hey, what do we want? This is what we want. I said, just, just do some old Rick Ross kind of dive bombs and and stuff like that. You know, like I said, we're not we're not trying to, you know, do anything, you know, new or anything like that. But we still want to we still want to kind of not not like I said, not be pigeonholed into a certain type of sound or whatever. But but we use all kinds of influences from different bands and stuff. But that's that's exactly what it was. Just just do some dive bombs and and just we'll see what happens. You know, it's, we had no no intention of anything other than that, and that was it. And so the expectation for you guys was to just get some shit recorded, get it out there in public and circulate it. But it really wasn't with the idea of, of as you said, label shopping in mind. That wasn't like priority number one or anything. Not at all. It was just like, hey, let's. Uh, Matt had a friend that said, hey, you know, I hope you guys kind of put some copies out there. And it started off with uh, uh, some friends of ours from Texas, South Texas. It's like, hey, you know, we're going to restart a label. We'll go ahead and, you know, can we, can, can, can our first release back be your tape? Yeah, sure. Why not? So they helped us put a tape out. And um, somehow, for some reason, they, they, they went away. They got, they got sold really quickly. People were just like, hey, you know, I'll take one. I want one. And then next thing you know, I got other labels. Hey, can I release this, you know, in my label here? And uh, there's our friend, uh, uh, Pesh, uh, from Italy. He runs a label called Unholy Domain. And he's like, hey, can I release this in, in Europe for you guys? Yeah, okay, why not? You know, you're going to pay for it. Go ahead. What do I care, you know? So uh, next thing you know, it just it just started growing. And then I had a label said, hey, can I put it out on 7-inch for you guys? So it's basically, and CD. So it's on tape, CD, and 7-inch, a demo. And all in all, I think we sold like probably around 1,100 copies of that demo, which. That's pretty legit, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I said, our intention was just, hey, let's just put it out. And the next thing you know, people are like, hey, this is pretty good. And it kind of kind of went from there and kind of surprised, surprised us uh, at first because we are like, you know, I mean, the tape is it's good. We like it, but we just didn't expect it. People would be wanting to release it on every possible format, you know, so. Yeah, dude, that's pretty killer. And I think right now is a perfect time for us to check out one of those songs. So here it is from Cemeterian off Tomb of Morbid Stench. This one's called Expulsed from the Netherworld.
crazy i i thought you know the first thing i i noticed was like as i was kind of going back i'm like these motherfuckers released this on cassette you know in 2019 uh <laughs> which i thought was pretty awesome yeah. and then i noticed that there was different variations for instance like uh like green lettering and and red <laughs> yes. lettering and white lettering and you know we're getting back definitely now we're getting back into the style of the 80s and i, I assume that that's just regionally each kind of had their own their own look is that kind of what that was all about yeah it was, yeah just kind of differentiate each each release and uh and with with the way uh our postal service is now it's really expensive for me to send a tape to to europe or anywhere overseas now no i send shirts to the uk all the time and it costs me like 20 fucking dollars to send a t-shirt yeah to exactly so nowadays that's why a lot of people are like hey we're a lot of bands i've noticed are like hey well we have a european version of it that way the people in Europe, they may want to get it. It's a lot cheaper for them to get. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way things are going now, just because of the postage rate. So, um, you know, if we would have had things would have been different, we could have had one label do everything. But then again, it's kind of cool that, you know, other people were interested in it and wanted to, wanted to, you know, spend money on, on our stuff, you know, so, eh, you know, go ahead. No, it's awesome. I mean, clearly it sold well. And I, I think it's cool that you were kind of approached by others. Hey, let us do this for you rather than you right, know, right, you right. pounding your face into the pavement saying, please, somebody do something with this. That's that's pretty rare. That's pretty unique. I mean, it shows that there's some faith and clearly you're able to move units. You even got vinyl pressed, which was awesome. A couple of different vinyl pressings, if I understand it correctly. Yeah, there was a, a label. Um, uh, oh, God. I'm gonna, oh, Don Breed. Don Breed Records, he, he he emailed me. He said, hey, you guys, uh, I'd like to put it on a 7-inch. I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, I was, that's always been my favorite format uh, from way back, you know, just quick 7-inch. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So he uh, he released that and did an awesome job on it. Um, and then there's also a CD, which our friend from Mexico, Carlos, from um, – um, clandestine productions he did a cd and the cd the difference on the cd is it has an extra track that's like the tape and the seven inch doesn't just just so we can give somebody something else you know other than just the same three songs and uh it worked out cool They're, all the labels did an awesome job on all the releases so you know we're, we're happy with all of them and uh, like i said i still can't believe you know there's over a thousand copies of that tape out there, you know? So what are you going to, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Is it even, can you still get it? Can people still order it from you or is it pretty much wiped clean at this point? Me? No, I, I don't have any copies. I think, I don't think it's available. I may have seen somebody, uh, may have had a tape or two somewhere, but I can't remember. Uh, but no, probably, probably, probably not. But 
you know, and I've actually, believe it or not, I've been asked, hey, can we do uh, so many more copies of it? I'm like, ah, no, not anymore. I think 1,100 copies or whatever is enough for now, you know? Yeah. So you we're fuckers just are going to have to scalp it or something. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, we're moving on to these stuff, so. Yeah, well, that's cool. So uh, speaking of which, uh, Tomb of Morbid Stench, uh, which is a really cool uh, name. I assume it was kind of inspired by your rehearsal room. That's probably what it's like about this point, right? <laughs> that's funny, but uh, actually, I just, uh, uh, I, I took, I, I, I came up, well, I didn't come up with the title. There's just lyric. It's from a lyric from a, an old Texas band called Necrovore. I put out a demo, like just legendary demo from, from 87 and just reading through the lyrics uh, that came across to my morbid stitch. I'm like, Hey, that's, that sounds pretty cool. You know? So yeah, that's, that's exactly where I got it from. Like I said, I don't, well, like I said, we, we didn't, we didn't really put too much, too much thought in, in, into any of this because like I keep saying, we were just doing it just for us. And, but I, I did like the title and I thought that it sounded cool. So yeah. And, uh, well, and it. Dan did your artwork, right? Yeah, he's Daniel's awesome, man. He's he's uh he's actually I think I think I mentioned it to you before in, in our chats that he's more known for his artwork than than anything because he's he's been doing it for a long time and he's done stuff from all kinds of bands. Now he actually did a, a t-shirt artwork for Agnostic Front, the the old the old New York hardcore band, which is. It's, it just kind of blows, uh, blew my mind when he told me that he got to do that. So uh, he recently did a uh, – you, uh, you were you're probably around my age or probably older, but he uh, – Yeah, 46. You remember Garbage Bell Kids? You remember oh, yeah. the Garbage – Well, he, he was actually fortunate enough and lucky enough to, to do one here recently. They picked like 10 to 15 artists to kind of recreate an old Garbage what? Bell Kid. And he did one. He did a, the I think it was called JDK or something like that. But he got to do that and was involved in that. So, like I said, Daniel's artwork is it's out there everywhere. He's awesome, and you know, I I, I think I was just as excited that he got to do the uh, the garbage pail kids thing. Yeah, uh, that's what, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So, uh, you know, if anybody wants to look up Daniel's artwork, he's like on Instagram. He's uh his name is Sawblade. So he's under saw blade. So yeah, just look and he has like twenty and, million followers. It's it's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's got a pretty good following, man, and it's yeah. awesome because he's been able to kind of lately talking to him. He, he he's been able to just kind of live off doing his art, which it's amazing. That's a dream right there. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, props to you, Dan, brother. Keep keep uh keep doing the good stuff. That's awesome. So we're gonna talk about the new material coming up here on the next segment. But before we dig into that, let's check out one more song off the demo. So here is Malformed Deity. Oh, 
So moving on then. So you got this kick-ass demo. It's doing well. You guys are doing shit. Now you're back in the studio working on a couple of splits, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, here, I guess it's been a little over a month. We went and started tracking uh, for a split LP and a split 7-inch uh, with two really cool uh, like death metal bands. One is Absconder from uh, Illinois, which... Uh, Probably one of my favorite, uh, like current. I say current. They, I think, Brad started the band like in 2012, but uh, to me, it's one of those bands that keeps getting better, which is a rarity. And with most bands, they their stuff keeps getting better. And uh, uh, Brad was actually in a band back in the uh, early 90s called Morg. I don't know if you remember Morg from Illinois, but uh, that's kind of where he he. Uh, I kind of remember Brad from so, but we hooked up online and all that. But Absconder, Absconder rules, and uh, the other one is Leprophiliac, which is from Spain, uh, which is another old friend of mine, uh, Dopey. Uh, he uh, was in a band, many bands, but I, I first got in contact with him probably in like ninety five, ninety six, or something like that, and. Uh, so his, his his this kind of like a new project he does with an old friend of his, and it's it's really cool. It's like autopsy, uh, mixed with like Finnish, old Finnish death metal, and uh, I don't know. It's really good, really catchy, catchy stuff. So uh, I just like doing stuff with with friends of mine, you know. So like minded individuals that you know just want to play heavy stuff, and and somebody wanted to release it. Like I said, hey, somebody wants to put it out. Go ahead. And with a family-friendly name like Leprophiliac, I mean, (laughs) you could really only expect G-rated content for sure. Um, So I I guess that's cool, though, that, you know, so you guys are doing these splits, and I I guess the question would be, or maybe it's more than one question, but are you going to do separate songs for each split? Right? Is it, yes. is it a couple yeah, of songs the, for this the, and a couple of songs for that? The split with Absconder is just a seven minute, so each band will have one song. One song, okay. Uh, and we recorded, and then the split with uh, Leprophiliac is five songs. Yeah, five songs. So we so said we recorded six new songs uh, for both of those splits. So uh, okay. so far, it sounds really, really good. Pleased with it. But at this point, we still have to do uh, leads uh, and vocals and then you know all the other mixing and whatnot that goes with it but uh and are you so, yeah, doing the same style songs. of recording right are you, are you recording it at your rehearsal space or is this a whole different kind of a setup no we we actually went to a a guy uh kind of outside of houston which kind of where we're i don't live in houston but we're kind of based out of houston i guess you could say but uh sure his name is uh mike excuse me and uh He's Sounds got like a studio. A We're at his studio recording it. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike rules. He uh, he uh, he's recorded a lot of stuff around here. Um, uh, imp- I don't know if you're familiar with Imprecation from Houston. Uh, Not he familiar, recorded no. them. Yeah, they're they're like uh, probably one of the oldest like death metal bands from Houston. They started like back in '91 ish. I used to go see them when I was in high school. So, and they're still around to this you know today so uh but yeah uh, studio we're actually in a different studio with mike we actually had asked brandon the guy that recorded the demo but he uh he moved away and uh 
uh, he wasn't able to do it. But Mike, I mean, we're happy. Mike's doing a hell of a job. He always he gets good sounds, good tones. So um, it's been cool working with Mike. Awesome. So you've got you recorded six new songs, which leads me to the question of: Is there other material that's not tied to a split? Why why do two splits and use up new material on this as opposed to another? Cemeterian, you know, EP or album or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it just, it kind of just happened. Like I said, I, I, um, my way of thinking is, Hey, let's do a demo and then we'll do a seven inch and then right. see what happens from there. We'll go maybe a couple seven inches or split, but I've always liked the, uh, the format of split albums. Like, you know, like I said, back, Oh yeah. Back in the, back in the old days, uh, there was I'm a lot, there's you. a lot of classic split, split LPs. And I always thought that was, that was a cool, cool idea where you could just, you know, like I said, and they're friends of ours. So, uh, so it kind of just turned out that way. Hey, we got these songs. Let's do these, these, uh, six songs. And they worked out fine that we were able to use it for a split seven inch and a, and a split album. But me, uh, I'm constantly writing, uh, cause I, I wrote all the, all the songs on the demo. I wrote all the, well, I'd say the riffs. I wrote all the riffs on the new stuff too. Uh, so uh, I'm always writing all the time. So right now, even now, I think uh, we probably have maybe like six or seven other new songs kind of, kind of ready. Uh, our other good, our other guitarist, Dave, uh, he actually uh, contributed one too. He wrote one here, uh, here in the past couple of weeks and we kind of hashed it out and it, it sounded pretty cool. Dave's got a little different style than I do, but it worked out. So it sounds cool. So with his song and the ones I've written, I think we probably have like, I'd say six, seven, eight, maybe new songs already just okay. for possibly an album, you know? So no shortage of material. No, no, absolutely not. Everybody always jokes uh, with me that, Hey, you, you need to slow down. <laughs> you know, let, let us, let us kind of, let us learn these ones that we already have, but I don't know. I just, sometimes the riffs just come out, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, so I just how does the, how does the songwriting process work then? I mean, is it you, you kind of come up with a couple of riffs and then it just gets kind of passed around and everybody adds their own flavor to it? Uh, well, the way it was, well, I'll write, I wrote, like I said, I wrote all the songs up to now. Uh, so I'll write all the riffs. I'll sit at home and come up with stuff and, uh, I'll kind of already have it kind of sort of arranged already uh, in my mind with drum parts. And, um, and what will happen is I'll, I'll get with Matt and, uh, he and I'll kind of get the songs arranged. Uh, cause he and I, if I, if I can take them, two, three new songs in one day and we'll have them, we'll have them done. He and I, he and I just click for some reason. And, uh, he, he kind of, we're, we're kind of on the same page as far as, you know, how we want the band to sound and what, how we want the songs to go and what we don't want in the band, you know, which is also <laughs> important. You know, you can't just, you know, there's, there's certain things we oh kind of like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't do that. But, uh, uh, he and I work real well together. That's why, uh, I was like, oh, hell, I'll go ahead and write a couple more songs because next practice, Matt and I will have them down and have them ready. Uh, and and then um, we'll show them to the other guys. We'll have a practice with everybody and just kind of show them what I got. 
initially, oh, actually, I, I, I take that back. I'll send the guys the riffs that I have and kind of give them, a, give them a, a heads up on what I'm working on and ask them what they think about it, you know. But um, so we'll get together and we'll just kind of hash the songs out. And uh, now that we got Dave, which I haven't mentioned uh, on the on the uh, on the demo, it was just me, Matt, Daniel, and then our, Carlo, our friend Carlos just helped us out with the leads. But we have uh, Dave on guitar, which he'll be doing all the leads now too. So he adds. Dave's like a really good guitar player. He's like way better than I am. I, I just <laughs> I have a I, the uh, riff master. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I write riffs, but I, I'm just, I just own instruments. You know, I'm not really a musician. You know, I just happen to have a guitar where I can write riffs with. I'm not, I'm not some, pro, some just some badass or anything like that. So, uh, <laughs> I, I just play to my, to my abilities, and and that's it. I don't really try to, you know, go any further than that. But uh, Dave adds a lot of, um, you know, he's actually a real good player, uh, and he'll be able to add leads and. Uh, he comes up with ideas too for like, uh, just like adding certain fills or whatever into songs, and uh, which which is cool. And I've known Dave for a long time too, so um, he's he's been playing. He's got many bands too uh, that he he works with, but uh, and then Charles, who you know, I guess uh, we asked Charles. We we did a live show. We hey, you want to you want to play bass with us? He's like, ah, what? So he's like, I don't know, if, I don't know if I can do it, but Charles is, he's he's actually a guitar player, and he's really good. He's really good at it, but uh, he's really really cool guy, really good guy. And so we asked, hey, you want you want to you want to try it out? He's like, yeah, sure. So he ended up working out. You know, he's still kind of like, well, I don't know what if I can add anything to the band. I'm like, dude, just don't worry about it. Just sit there, just play, and everything will be fine. You know. So, uh, but now with the lineup we got, I think it's cool because. We'll be able to play shows whenever, whenever that's uh, possible, you know. So uh, yeah, whenever that's possible. Yeah, well, your lineup uh, is pretty well rounded out at this point, so that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess that 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 is a, a good call out, though. So you know, you're using obviously the time as you can, writing material, preparing, getting right. stuff ready, all that, you know, so that when it does open up, you know, what what was going on? What happened? You know, right when when all the all the shit hit the fan and they were canceling all the shows, were you guys in the middle of anything? Did you have plans? Did you have stuff get canceled? Actually, the week before, the weekend before everything here in Texas got canceled, we had our second show, which was Charles's first show. Right. And uh, you know, little did we know, you know, a week later, we we're that everything was going to be shut down. So uh, we played a show and. Uh, it kind of, it did slow everything down because we were kind of rehearsing, you know, more often than 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 we are now, obviously. But uh, uh, and slowed down our our practices and being able to get stuff out. And uh, but I mean, it was only our second show, so we haven't really been playing many shows, so it didn't really affect us that much as far as playing shows. Although we did have one show canceled. Now that I think about it, but uh, we. Uh, like I said, that was the last show, and we played a show. And I, 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 what I remember about that show, well, it was for Charles's first show, but uh, the next day, Matt and Dave, right after the show, I, they might have gotten an hour of sleep. They flew to Chicago and uh, went to see Autopsy and Cyanide oh. and all these bands play. And turns out that show was like 
put out on an album now or whatever. So, uh, but after that, that was it. So uh, I just laughed because we played a show and then they went to Chicago and then that was, that was it, you know? So um, it, it, it sucks, you know, but what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. So uh, I guess Charles, you're off the hook for playing shows for a while. So you can chill for a <laughs> chill for a little bit. So what's the, what's the post COVID game plan? Is there one, or are you guys just going to keep on as you're doing? I notice your, your, uh, your merch game is going pretty good right now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, we can't play shows. We can't, we have nothing new out. So I'm like, ah, you know, I was like, you know, I gotta, gotta, gotta do something. So it's actually been helping out with, with studio costs. So you know, selling stuff. But uh, what, what we want to do is uh, get these two splits out and then start working on an album, uh, which we do have. We do have a label already. We've been approached by several labels, but uh, we kind of decided on one. But uh, I actually emailed the guy today. Hey, can I mention it today? But he didn't, he hadn't replied back. So, uh, oh, gotcha. but it's a, it's a, it's a very well-known underground label that, uh, puts out really cool stuff and I've worked with them before. And that's, that's all I'll say about that. But, uh, they okay. are going to put out our album. Um, so hopefully once these splits we're done, like at the studio and mixing and all that, we'll start working on stuff for an album, you know? So, uh, and then whenever we can play shows, we're going to try to play as whenever we can, whoever will have us, you know? So, yeah. uh, but that, that's kind of, what we have in mind for now, you know, so if anybody wants us to play and then just hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, that's cool. So you've got some, some actual, I don't, I don't say actual label interest, but a, a known label who who's wanting to work with you that that's pretty cool, but they're yeah. not involved with the splits. Correct. No, no. Uh, actually. Yeah. No, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, the splits are actually being put out by the same, same label. Uh, Oh, excuse me, our friend Clay uh, from Fort Worth here in Texas runs a label called uh, Rescued from Life. And uh, he's he's released stuff of our other bands before, especially Dave. Dave is in a pretty well-known like grindcore band called PLF, uh, who've played all over the world from Russia to you name it. So uh, he's released their stuff over the years, and we've all known him for quite a long time. So he was like, yeah, I'll put your guy's stuff out. I'm like, well, uh, we have two splits. Yeah. Okay. I'll do both of them. I was like, all right, cool. You know? <laughs> so, uh, he actually released that band Leprophiliac. He released their, their debut album, which it, it, it's actually done real well for him. So that's pretty cool. So he was, he was, he was like excited and psyched to, to, to release our stuff as well. So that's know. awesome. Yeah. So where where are we at status wise with those two? Are these gonna be released anytime here soon? Yeah, like I said, our, our part of it, we still have to uh, do vocals and and leads and work on mixes and mastering and all that. But you know, hopefully, maybe summertime, early summertime, maybe. I hope. Okay. You know, so, but since, and now that I'm thinking about it, I was thinking about this earlier, since the same label's doing both, uh, maybe we'll just have them do the seven inch first and then kind of wait a little while and, and do the album just to kind of, that way we're, we don't like bombard everybody with like two releases at one time. You know what I mean? So just kind of let one of them kind of be on its own and put it out there. And then, so maybe early summer, early summer, probably. 
so it's you know not not too far off in the no. in the not so dear future there but uh well that's awesome brother it sounds like things are going well you got some plans you got some label oh, yeah. interest shows who the fuck knows what's going to happen with shows <laughs> but uh the key is that you're writing material you're you're selling merch you're helping to pay the studio costs and uh you guys are engaging your fans quite a bit i mean i see quite a bit of, of movement on your page which is really cool so if people want to find out kind of more about cemetery and about the band how do they find you where do they follow you give us all the details on how we can stock you online uh we uh well i mean there's you know the social media sites instagram uh, it's a cemetery tx and then on facebook we have a facebook page too you can follow just search cemetery and I kind of run run those pages and just kind of keep everybody up to date on what we're doing and uh, you know because this day this day and age it's like everything comes and goes so in order to kind of let people know we're still here that's why I'm, I'm real active with it just to kind of so people don't forget hey you know what happened to cemetery or whatever so I kind of kind of bombard people with 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 updates all the time just to let everybody know but uh because there's a lot of flavor of the week stuff nowadays where there's a band that just comes in and and puts out a real great album and then nowadays it's like people forget about it two weeks later you know so uh there's just so much stuff being thrown at you nowadays that uh you don't get to sit down and enjoy an album like like you used to and i, I talk about that a lot uh, you know, you can't sit down with an album for two months anymore and kind of, you know, invest all your time in that one album because you, in a week, there's tons of releases coming out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like, uh, so that's kind of my, my thinking behind just, just being engaged with people that show any kind of interest because, you know, there's not much else to do, so. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, keep them captive, right? Just uh, just <laughs> yeah, keep pounding yeah. away. So uh, was there anything else that, that we needed to cover before I let you get back to your evening? I mean, no, I think we kind of covered it all. We have, uh, like I said, working on splits. Hopefully they come out. Uh, my, my, I'm hoping it's summertime, right? But, uh, you know, uh, no, not really. Just say, hey, ch- check us out if you like. Uh, old death metal from like, you know, late eighties, early nineties, you know, uh, check us out. Like I said, we, uh, I think, like I said, I think with Daniel's vocals, we kind of do stand out, but we try to write catchy stuff. And I think so far it's been all right. You know, we don't want to just be heavy for the sake of being heavy. You want to, you want to write songs that, that, that's, or stay in your head, you know, after you listen to it, you know, you don't want to just tune low just just to sound heavy you know I, I, there's too much of that going on so uh tune down to a and have your strings flopping around to make a bunch of noise and call yeah, it an yeah, album yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's no there's no no riffs behind it you know you gotta yeah. have a riff you gotta have some kind of hook you know not just heavy for heavy sake you know so yeah. you know if you if you're into that kind of stuff absolutely and you know you guys take my word for it because not only is cemetery and heavy as fuck 
there is some really, really, really catchy stuff on there. The drumming is out of control. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, the riffs rules. are killer. The vocals are killer. Uh, Charles is probably the best bass player in the on the planet, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So do yourselves a favor. Check these guys out. We're gonna play some songs uh, from you guys here uh, over the course of the show as well. Awesome. So, uh, dude, Francisco, thank you very much for hanging out with me today. This has been awesome. Looking forward to checking out the new material as it comes out. Good luck on your epic merch sales and all the cool <laughs> stuff that you guys have coming down the pike. Looking forward to seeing those hoodies hit the market because those are sick. So, uh, <laughs> thank you, brother. It's been awesome. Thanks, man. Well, I'd say that's a kick-ass way to start the new year, am I right? Thanks again to Francisco for coming on. Thanks again to Charles for helping to set this whole thing up. Thanks to Cemeterian for kicking some serious ass. And thanks, of course, to all of you for tuning in, for not forgetting about me, and for giving me some much-needed time off to clear my head and plan for the cool new things that are coming this year. I also wanted to follow up on something that we touched on in the interview. At the time we talked, Francisco had wanted to make an announcement but was unable to do so. So now, I'm excited to share that announcement with you right now that Cemeterian has officially signed with the legendary Hell's Headbangers. Super awesome. Congrats, guys. Well deserved. So we'll close this one out with the third song off the demo. Although if you happen to score that elusive CD, you can also get that bonus track. Either way, here's the title track to leave you hungry. Check out Tomb of Morbid Stench. See ya! See ya!